0: people welcome to I am not a victim I am Lauren Coletti your host and I am really happy today this week has been just I need to do a whole nother episode on this in general but this week has been crazy in a good way like a lot has been happening a lot of change and transitions and momentum evolution expansion all that good stuff And I'm really happy because my book is in the final stages of publication Um, We're making like any final edits and finishing touches and Proofreading so I am going through a proofreading process right now Where if you would like to be sent a free copy of my book, please just DM me on Instagram at Lauren M. Coletti And I will send you over the PDF file anyway, I wanted to read the introduction to my book love is insanity i wrote it <laughs> not gonna lie i wrote it like two days ago i was on the beach and um i can't really do much on the beach at least here on long island except for like read or smoke or play volleyball so i didn't have any of those at my disposal so i chose to write and i wrote this brief introduction to my book and i just wanted to read it uh, the book should be coming out within the next month or so so i'm super excited i plan on doing a book launch signing and all that good stuff at Barnes and Nobles locally and um, I wanted to read it and give you all a preview and uh, see what you think. So here is the introduction to my fourth book Love is Insanity. I already have a fifth book in the making but let's stay focused on this one. So here is the preview introduction of Love is Insanity. I was never blessed with a small physique. I was always bigger than society told me was morally appropriate. My dad constantly said I was just big boned and my mom was convinced it was only a matter of time before I lost my baby fat, even at 12 years old. I always stood out no matter how hard I tried to blend in. Taller than everyone in my class, I took up more space than I felt worthy of. By the time I was 6 years old, I had learned to hate myself. I would pray to my St. Teresa statue, the one my parents forced into my bedroom, to make me thinner, let me be like the other girls, give me a different life. Although I couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was about myself, I felt like I was inherently wrong. I didn't know why I was filled with so much self disgust, but believed th- that simply through existing, I was bad. At age 13, I started experimenting with self induced vomiting. By 14, I had learned how to cut myself with the help of an emo chick in my Italian class. By 15, I was taking the diet pill HydroxyCut every single day, and by the age of 16, I had a suicide wish. I didn't know who I was, but I did know I did not want to be in the merciless, pitiful existence I was sure I was living. I was hideous, chunky, a loser, a talented, talentless loner who everybody hated. Simply put, I was a mistake. I went to extremes in an attempt to change myself. If I could only fix the problem, the problem being me, then I would for sure find true love and everlasting happiness, right? I mean, if only I could make myself good enough, then success, fame, all the men, the money in the world would not be able to resist me, right? Well, for my 17th birthday, my mom took me to my very first Weight Watchers meeting. By 19 years old, I had tried every diet known to man. Slim Fast, Lean Cuisine, Nutrisystem, Atkins, Paleo, Keto, Calorie Counting, High Protein, Low Fat, Low Sugar, No Carb, Intermittent Fasting, just to name a few. Nothing had worked good or long enough, not even self-starvation, to fulfill my wish of looking like Anna Faris in the 2008 movie, House Bunny. At 18 years old, I lost my virginity to a guy who told me that he couldn't get off unless he put a pillow over my face while fucking me. It wasn't my tubby body that was the problem, he said. I can ignore that. But what I can't ignore is your ugly face staring back at me. To my dismay, and thanks to my low self-esteem, I put a pillow over my face and let him do me anyway. I was sexually assaulted for the first time right off of my college campus several months later. I didn't know what to call it at the time, but the people I did tell tell told me that it was my fault. Why do I let people do bad things to me? I asked myself. If I had just been smarter, then this wouldn't have happened. I skipped math class for the rest of the semester. and It wasn't until eight years later that I finally reported the assault. My lovely boyfriend at the time called me a whore as soon as I told him what happened. A few weeks later, I broke up with him over a Facebook relationship status change. He called me crazy, and I never looked back. For years, I fantasized about disappearing, of slicing off my belly rolls and cellulite thighs. They were what was standing in the way of me achieving my dreams. The blubber, the acne, the crooked teeth. Why did God Hate some people and bless others. What did he have against me? For sure, he was punishing me for some past life karmic bullshit or sins. And so I lived in dysregulated extremes. If I wasn't the hottest girl in the room, well, then I was the ugliest. It couldn't be any other way. I was convinced my problem was merely outside of myself. I would be nice to myself, you see, if I were actually cute. I wouldn't let people abuse me or bully me had I been attractive, because as a woman, that is what makes you valuable, I was told. Since I was so disgraceful, however, I really had no other choice but to let people treat me like shit. I fell in love with a sociopath at 21 years young. In a matter of two years, I grew so mentally and physically ill, I couldn't go to school or work. I could hardly even function for that matter. Despite being on eight different antipsychotic medications, I wanted nothing more than to die. I was hospitalized for a suicide attempt halfway through our relationship because I was sure the only way out was death. I was sure of one thing. If I didn't kill myself, he eventually would. From 2015 to 2017, I was sexually and verbally abused from someone who claimed to care about me more than anyone in the whole world. I believed that when you really love someone, you love their good and their bad. You don't abandon them. I told myself, if only you were lovable, Lauren, then he would change. The problem was not the emotional and physical violence. It was my defectiveness. My boyfriend threatened that if I were to ever leave him, then he would kill himself. Despite being in therapy three times per week, I vowed to never make him feel the way I felt, which was unwanted and alone. And so I stayed, thinking I was his only hope and he were mine. He told me he was the only person who would ever love me and that no one would put up with me the way that he did. Since I believed him, I despise my broken, damaged self even more. That summer, I went for my yearly gynecological exam. The doctor told me they found cancer and so I needed to get it removed before it got worse. Unfazed, I really did not give a shit what happened to me at that point. The same day that I went for my operation, my ex raped me. This was the last time that he ever touched me. I broke up with him over the phone a few days later. I returned back to school the following month, and I haven't seen him since. I share part of my story not to make you feel sorry for me. On the contrary, I share my story not so you feel pity, but rather encouraged. Although this is a very, very short snippet of my life, it is not who I am. It's not the whole picture. It has, however, shaped who I have become to this day. I am not free from the grasp of self-despair, victim mentality, or toxic relationships and destructive patterns. Although I consider myself to be mostly recovered, my traumas still need healing, and daily. I identify as someone in recovery. Although I am not sober from drugs or alcohol, I try to maintain sobriety from self-sabotage, neuroticism, and impulsive, unhealthy patterns of behavior. I often fall into people-pleasing and codependent dynamics, but find the courage to speak my truth more and more every day. It's been four years since my last psych hospitalization. I have no urges to harm myself, and I used to have these almost every single day. I went from being on nearly 10 different antidepressant mood-stabilizing meds to now just one, and although my eating disorder has its flare-ups, I can now get through the day without binging and purging. I graduated with my master's in 2021 and I'm almost done with my first year of my doctoral program despite being told that I might never graduate with my bachelor's degree. My dream is to share my story to inspire people to have the bravery to tell theirs. I write this for the survivors of sexual violence, domestic abuse, and mental illness. I also write this for the ones who didn't make it out And for this, I am very lucky. Because I know what it's like to feel disappointed opening your eyes each morning. I know how it feels to be blamed for the mistakes of others, to feel guilty for things that were never ours to carry. I know what it's like to be lost, confused, afraid, and hopeless, to think and daydream that there must be more to life. And guess what? There is. There is so much more. To life than just working a nine to five than waking up every day just to get by and live for the weekends. There's more to life than waiting for something good to finally happen to us. There's more than your weight, how sexy you are, how many boys stop and look when you walk by. I've realized that people don't treat us poorly because we're too much of one thing and then too little of another. People treat us the way that they feel about themselves and in turn, People are also a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. If you've ever felt like your life was on pause until you make X amount of money, get that relationship, fill in the blank, then you're ultimately waiting for something that is never going to happen. I hate to break it to you. Because when it does happen, you still feel empty, unfulfilled, waiting for your next big break. And I know this because I have been there. Anytime I have reached my goal weight, there's always something else seemingly wrong with me When I was in a relationship, I would crave being single more than anything. When I was making $70,000 a year, I wanted to be making 80. The list just goes on and on and on But guess what? I'm not at my slimmest. I'm older now than I once was. I have gray hairs peeking through and the first signs of aging. Some days I feel incredibly behind other people my age. Some days I feel like a letdown, like I'm not where I should be. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have a fiancé. My life has been filled with a lot of unfortunate circumstances, and my life has also been blessed by so much good. As I get older, I focus less on what I have or what I look like and more on how I feel and what I have to offer. And I don't claim to know everything, and I will never, ever, ever be anywhere close to perfect. And I've also never been more at peace with this fact. What I once hated in myself, I've not yet learned to love, but I'm slowly starting to accept. My sensitivity, my empathy, my insight, my resilience. Because I am no supermodel, but I am super strong, and also super brave. I have never quite fit in, but perhaps that's a good thing. It's not what makes us like everyone else that makes us special. It's what makes us different that makes us unique. My writing is not for everyone as vulnerability can make some people squeamish. My poetry has grown and continues to develop throughout the years. My books are not easy reads typically. They can be dark, uneasy, haunting. They might force you to confront your shadows. They may trigger the skeletons in your closet that you've unconsciously pushed away words ask you to look deep within at what you feel is scary, forbidden, raw, and messy about yourself, too. This year has been one of much loss. Grief used to send me over the edge. Having a chronically ill father who died when I was young and being adopted led to a major attachment wound from an early age. The threat of possibly losing someone, it felt like the greatest burden to carry. So I would cling on to things even if they were detrimental, just to avoid the perceived loss. With the death of my grandmother and beloved cat, to the loss of several friendships and a long-term relationship this year, I've learned something about myself. Whereas I used to not be able to endure any change without spiraling, I can now gracefully approach transitions without falling over the edge and relapsing. The heavy darkness that used to hang over my head no longer lingers. It took years, and years, and many tears, but one day, I looked up, and it was just gone. Some days, it reappears, but I don't let it hold power over me anymore. I've always struggled with honesty because I was programmed through years of invalidation to believe that my truth was false, and if I revealed who I authentically was, I would ultimately be rejected. You see, the thing about heartbreak is that There's so many beautiful opportunities on the other side. There is a light in the dark, a birth in the death, a gain in the loss. When we release, we allow ourselves to receive. If we held on to our last exhale because we didn't trust the inhale would follow, we would suffocate. I tell people there is no expansion in comfort. There is no transformation in that which is easy. It is through making those frightening decisions, the ones we work so desperately to avoid that our lives evolve. What you now hold in your hands is a collection of thoughts, stories, prose, and lessons along the process of my own metamorphosis. It is the journey of how one can rupture and also how one can repair, of breaking down and rebuilding, disintegration and integrating. Love is brutal. (laughs) It's indescribable, unfathomable, and wild. Love is astonishing and disenchanting and splits you the fuck open. Love is, by definition, insane. So with that, get out there. Love again and again and a million more times. You will laugh, you will cry, you will fracture. You will mend. You will rupture and you will repair. Love is absolutely fucking insane. Love is the reason that we are here. I dare you to love. The end. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed.